0: Hey guys, thanks for joining me today on the DATCO podcast. Real dads, real talk, no BS. It is Easter Sunday and folks, he has risen. We'll read uh, right off the bat here from Luke 24, 6 through 7. He is not here. He has risen and he has risen indeed. So we will do, be doing a little bit of a Sunday morning sermon this morning for Easter Sunday. Also give you some uh, Coach Dad updates, because I know a lot of you are clamoring for more uh, Coach Dad out there. Uh, and we'll just uh, we'll just talk about some stuff here uh, as we go along, too. Uh, but first, go ahead, make sure you follow us on all your favorite podcasting platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and the like. Uh, we are now officially on Minds.com. Uh, social media. So the dad code podcast there on minds. Uh, you can also check us out on rumble. Uh, we will only be posting the video content for this channel on rumble from now on. Um, check us out at the dad Code podcast there as well. All right, guys, let's jump right in. Um, <clears throat> he's risen, uh, historical fact, uh, that he has risen, uh, eyewitness testimony, lots of, uh, lots of people, confirming the fact that uh, Jesus Christ did rise from the grave so uh everybody rest assured uh that he is risen and he is he will return one day um i put a post out on mine this morning just reminding everybody that you know we got a lot of quarrels we got a lot of differences out there today um but let's not lose sight of the fact that there was one that died for us that bled for us on the cross And three days later rose from the dead, um, beating death in the process. And we can all rest assured there uh, that he is Lord. Um, You know, you need to find some people today. You need to reach out to them. Today is the day to be really thankful uh, for every blessing that you have, bless people if you have an opportunity to. Not everybody has the opportunity. I understand that. I'm I'm not made of money either. But if you know someone who's in um, need, today's a good day to reach out to them and spread the good news. Um, wanted to talk a little bit today <clears throat> about just how amazing it is to have kids that are, you know, just had to have kids in general, but it, it never ceases to amaze me that how the, the purity of the hearts of children, uh, I was having a conversation with, I mean, there's a few things here. You know, my son's birthday is coming up here in a, a few days and he's having a, he's having a birthday party at one of these big trampoline parks and Having to sleep over and all that. And we all know how kids can be. Kids can be ruthless sometimes. Kids can um sometimes point out things that we don't want them to say out loud. You know, we don't want them to say the quiet part out loud. And oftentimes they do. You know, it's just their innocence, right? It's their it's the purity of who they are. They're not trying to insult anybody, they're just seeing what they they just say what they see. And um, <clears throat> I got to thinking because he he told me the list of folks that he wants to come to his birthday party. And there was one kid in particular that was on this list that uh, I know. I wouldn't say he's different or strange or anything. I would just say that he just doesn't have a lot of friends. I've uh, been to his class several times. I've been in there doing the dad thing, right? You know, bringing cupcakes on birthdays and, you know, helping whenever I have my few days off, I help there. Um, and I've always noticed that this kid is always kind of sitting by himself. Um, doesn't really always have that many friends around him kind of thing. And he wanted to invite him to his party. And, you know, I'm, I'm harkened back to the conversations that I've had with him in the past uh, about how you want to be everybody's friend. That you, you want to always give everybody a chance and, and even give them more chances than they probably deserve. Because it is important to... Uh, not go through life having people that despise you. Quite frankly, <laughs> I've tried to tell them that you don't ever really know if they really get it right, whether they actually are understanding what you say. I mean, I've had these conversations years ago, kind of when they're first starting school, because you want to, you want what you want is you want every every parent wants their kid to have a bunch of friends, right? We don't want them to be that kid that's Quite frankly, like what I'm talking about, where we're where he's sitting in the corner, not having very many friends, not interacting with a lot of people. But uh, fast forward to this, you know, he's telling me this list, and he says this kid's name, and uh, his mom, my wife, says, "Why are you wanting to invite so and so? I didn't didn't know you were friends with him." And he just kind of looks at her, and he's like. Well, I hope he didn't like invite himself. Of course me, I'm, I'm hearing this conversation. I'm just kind of listening, uh, off to the side. And, um, he says, well, mom, you know, I, I just wanted to give him a chance. I'm like, whoa, he put it, he put it into action. He put it into play, So to speak, the conversation that we had several years before or a few years before, he's not old enough to have a conversation several years ago, just a few years before. He said he went on to tell my wife that so-and-so, I'm trying to pause to not use names, so-and-so doesn't really get invited to a lot of birthday parties. He says, I know because I, you know, they hand them out in class and he doesn't usually get one. And he said, I want to give him a chance to, to hang out with the rest of us. It's like, wow. The innocence of children, the purity of children. What if we had that still within us as adults? And I think the answer is, yes, we do. We have that in us. We just choose to suppress it for social reasons, for, I don't know, personal vendetta, you know, grudges that are being held. You know, I think back to the tragedy here in Nashville, over the last few weeks and uh, think about if someone had the kindness in their heart to give the shooter a chance. I mean, I'm not, I'm not in any way excusing what she did, but I'm just saying my big, my big push on that issue on any issue is we got we have a lot of differences but a lot of them stem from we're just not we're just not being good to each other we're not reaching out you know we we tend to wanna poke fun at certain people we tend to wanna write people off we tend to wanna leave them sitting in the corner to stew and leave them to their own devices you never really know what anybody's going through But a good friend goes a long way. A good friend goes a long way. Particularly to be able to quell the, the thoughts in the, that run through folks' heads that just no one loves me, no one likes me. Maybe if we had real brothers and sisters out there reaching out to each other in good faith I think that that is the that is the key there is we don't you know some people do reach out but I don't think they really do it in good faith they do it with an agenda behind them you know you don't need to do it out of fear either you need to do it out of the goodness in your heart it's what I try to teach my son again I'm not perfect I don't I'm trying to figure this out just like the rest of you guys out there but I do think that there's something to be said about trying to get our kids to hold on to that innocence and that sweetness and that purity that's in their heart that, you know, they want to be everybody's friend, let them. That's why I'm a huge encourager of sports because you meet all kinds of people from all kinds of Of walks of life, different socioeconomic backgrounds, different racial backgrounds, everything. And I've encouraged my my son to be friends with every single one of them. It makes him a better person and it makes the rest of them better people. The problem that we have right now with kids is we have adults trying to teach them adult things. When in reality, there's nothing wrong with kids the way they are. Kids are born absolutely perfect. If kids had their perfection and their purity and their kindness, quite frankly, paired with, some of the life experiences and and, and just wisdom of adults these days, this world would be in a far better place. But at the moment, we just tend to want to be petty and squabble with each other. I got to tell you, every time I interact with my son, every time I interact with, his friends or his teammates on his, any of his sports teams, I am just blown away. It's amazing to me how so many different people can come together, different colors, different creeds, different socioeconomic backgrounds can all come together and they can just be with each other. They're having the time of their life in those moments big birthday party coming up for my son. I'm not saying no to anything as far as him inviting people. It's going to cost me a lot of money to do so. Uh, but it's worth it for me because I know that this is what's going to help him grow the most as a person. You know, It's not always just about the kid having fun. It's also about what, the, what are they going to gain? What are they going to gain from bringing – all of their friends together and, and bringing that many different people together all at the same time to be able to celebrate his birth. Right. And then just build fellowship. Maybe that's the word we don't build enough fellowship anymore. I think so. If we could build that fellowship The way that kids do. I I think that, quite frankly, um, to say that this world would be a better place is very cliche. But I guarantee you we wouldn't have as many problems as we do. But we'll close here with a little prayer, and then we'll go on to some Coach Dad stuff. Father God, Thank you so much for your son who died on the cross and was then risen from the dead. He defeated death, Lord. He is the one true God. He is our Messiah. We thank you for his example of sacrifice, his example of peace. And we ask that you help us as fathers, as sons, as brothers, as husbands, to always be able to instill that in our kids. Help us to give the gift of the lesson of sacrifice so that we may be more like our Lord and Savior. Christ's name we pray, amen. All right, Coach Dad. So been a little bit of a break in the action here lately. Had a lot of really bad weather. Uh, it's kind of frustrating, honestly. and uh, we had w- one of the bigger uh, batting cages in the area. they closed. went out of business um, which is kind of a bummer because I, I utilized that a lot last year, but it's okay. Um, we as a coaching group have invested in some you know lumber and things to build some pitching mounds because this is the first year kid pitch. And we know that that's a big thing. And, and lo and behold, every single kid wants to learn how to pitch, which is great because, I mean, that's the kind of the key here this year is going to teach, be teaching them how to pitch. And um, <clears throat> so we've been doing a lot of kind of individual voluntary practice. But it's kind of funny whenever you throw that out there, you talk about the innocence of kids, you talk about the purity of kids, every single one of them seems to show up. It's amazing. I love uh, this group of kids that we have this year. Every year, you know, you kind of get a different flavor each year as far as you know how committed uh, all the families are going to be. I think these uh, this group might be a little less committed than the ones last year, but we were pretty over the top committed last year. Um, but I think we also are starting with a larger talent base this year if that makes sense. I think I think we're starting from a better place than we were last year. Last year we had some work to do on some folks. This year, you know, once you as you start to get older in sports, you kind of lose some of the kids that you know, haven't ever played or whatever. We do have one in particular that we're we're really working on. I think there's hope for them, but it's going to take some time for sure. A lot of a lot of fear-based stuff going on where we're scared to death of the ball and things like that, but nothing we can't overcome with a little bit of encouragement, uh, being kind of the, 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 the uncle's form out there as he's uh, getting ready to hit. Ooh, good coffee. Um, but yeah, had a lot of really bad weather, a lot of rain, you know, it's been kind of an interesting spring so far because the temperatures have been going up and down and up and down and up and down. Finally, it's kind of looking like maybe they're going to level off moving forward, kind of in the low to mid seventies, which would be fantastic. We were supposed to have our first game yesterday. um, And we uh, operated on a two hour delay and lo and behold, ends up canceling in the end, get everybody out there and nothing happens. So is what it is, though. We got a bunch of games coming up here this week. I think we actually have two on in the middle of the week, on Tuesday and Wednesday. It'll be good. Um, <clears throat> I really wish we had more time to get our minds right. If there's one thing I can say about this group of kids that it's teaching me as a coach and as a father, and hopefully I can pass on to them the importance of this, uh, is... The importance of getting your mind right, getting ready to play, getting ready to face whatever challenge it is that's coming. Because that's a life thing, right? I mean, we as parents and we as adults know that. We know that it's, you know, it's oftentimes less about how talented talented you are at certain things. It's more about how willing to do things that other people are not willing to do that makes you successful. It has less to do with, and we'll use baseball as an example. It le- has less to do with the fact that you can throw the ball 90 miles an hour. But it has more to do with, are you willing to put in the work to be able to be better at your craft? Use golf for ex- an example. There's plenty of guys on driving ranges. They can hit the ball over 300 yards pretty consistently if not easily. But the lack of willingness to do what it takes to be the absolute best at every single phase of the game that separates you know the the really the really good amateurs from any pro, quite frankly. So we uh we're going to try to get together at some point. Maybe we'll try to get together on Monday. I don't know. It's kind of tough here with Easter weekend. If not, we'll, uh, we'll just kind of do it ad lib, but we got to get these kids mind, right? We'll see how the first game goes. I'm not, I don't know anything about any of these teams that we play this year because uh, this is again, our first year in kid pitch. So we're, we're playing with older kids as well as kids that are our kids age. So we're mostly nine year olds. I think we have one 10 year old and we're going to be going up against a lot of 10 year olds this year we actually scrimmaged a team a couple weeks ago that was almost entirely 10 year olds not really sure how exactly that happens but it happened um but the mentality has to stay the same it's something that we teach our kids uh is to always go out and execute the function of whatever we ask you to do. I don't care where I put you. I, the way we practice, we all practice ground balls. We all practice fly balls. We all practice cutoffs. We all practice hitting. You are expected to execute the responsibilities of the position. Now, some of the responsibilities in these positions change over the course of the years, just because we're getting older things, you know, the, the, uh, particularly, this jump that we made from coach pitch to kid pitch—you know, you're going from four outfielders to three outfielders now, so things are going to change big time there in the outfield. Um, different responsibilities, etc. I can't tell you—you know—we just talked about diverse groups of people. This probably is one of my most diverse groups of kids that I've ever coached. You can tell that a lot of them come from different backgrounds. There are some that come from extremely privileged backgrounds and you can see it. There are some that uh, I can tell come from very not so great uh, socioeconomic backgrounds. Means nothing to me. I wouldn't say that I came from a very good social economic background. I ended up playing college ball and had the opportunity to play uh, even farther until I made the decision to stop. It's it's interesting, you know, there's a lot of you learn a lot about some kids and you know, I've learned some things about a few kids in particular that saddened me. But I don't pity them. Don't think for a second I pity them. They're not asking for pity. They're asking for you to be their coach. And that's the part that I take extremely serious. I take it serious teaching them the game, whatever game we're playing. I take it serious. Also linking the game with life and how that relates, I, f- I take that part extremely serious. I take it serious that you have to be able to relate one thing to another. Some people may not like that. Some parents may not like that. I think I honestly don't know that I care that much if they don't like it. Just because if they think that, then. They're missing the point. This is probably why I get really attached to my kids that I coach because I get invested. And all you coaches out there, stay invested. If you think you're doing the wrong thing, reach out and ask. Ask somebody. Ask me. I don't care. I'll answer your questions. I'm not perfect, but I do have an opinion. I I just am of the opinion that the more that you're invested in your kids personally, the better things are going to go for you. Not just on the field, maybe not ever on the field. That's the reality. But your kid's going to love you, and they're going to play their butts off for you. And that's really what it's all about. All right, guys, that's all I got for this week. Have a great Easter Sunday. Go out there, get you some good church going on. There's usually a lot of really good church programs uh, centered around uh, Easter. Uh, I know we're probably going to go see one this evening. Um, Go get you some good food. There's usually always some good gatherings that happen where some some grandmas are cooking some really good food. And we're really going to enjoy that today, too. Uh, I'm going to. okay. so what is y'all's favorite holiday food? I'm going to go. For me, let's see. I, I'm I'm just a really big chicken and dressing guy, really am. And I'm kind of a snob about it. Like if it's bad, I won't eat it. Like I, I literally will take a bite and I won't eat the rest. If it's bad, it's bad. Don't get the stuff in the in the don't get the stuff in the bag. Make yourself some cornbread and crumble that stuff up. That's how you make it real good. And a lot of you don't know this out there, but you put a little oysters in there. It makes it really good. Mm-hmm. That's how your grandmother and your great grandmother did it. You no, know it might sound nasty to some of you, but that's where it's at right there. The moistures. That's how you, you really put it over the edge. All right, guys, that's all I've got for today. Check us out on Minds at the DECO podcast, as well as on Rumble, the DECO podcast. Uh, share this podcast with all of your friends. Be sure to give us a like and a follow there. Give us a Rumble on Rumble. And we will see you all next time. Dad out.